At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. And uh, in this version of All Ball, we'll have the, the conclusion of my talk with Pat Burke. Of course, Pat was a star center in Auburn and in Spain. Uh, Real Madrid, and of course, Tau Ceramica. And of course, he played for the Orlando Magic. And in this part, we'll find out about how he became a Phoenix Sun and what happened with that talented team once they reached the playoffs and why they could never get to the NBA Finals. You remember, there was a notable suspension of Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw, and Pat was actually thrust into the lineup. Um, what went wrong for him that game, personally? You'll find out. Also, uh, we'll get his thoughts on USA basketball. How do you fix USA basketball so that because you know we we operate on this presumption? Well, you know, if we just had the best players, we just had LeBron and KD and Steph, we're going to win. But the countries we lost to didn't all have their best players. So there is something one different about that playing style, but also wrong with the way in which we're kind of attacking this thing. We'll get Pat's thoughts because he played and sta- starred in FIBA style basketball, and we'll figure out how we as Americans or American basketball can adjust and be more successful more often, even if we don't always have the best players in the world. And even when we have the best players in the world, it's not like we've, you know, the Redeem team, that was a close game. It was a one-possession game late in the game against the, um, against the Spaniards. So here's part three with Pat Burke. What was it then like to go back to Real? Now, Real is one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Right, but you've been playing, been in the NBA, so you're you're back making big money, but you're in the ACB, you're in Euroleague. It's very different. What was that experience like to transition back? Uh, well, I had one, I had one small jump before that. I actually started that year when I left. Uh, I went to Auna, Gran Canaria, and so I was I was in the Spanish league, but I was you know on an island just outside the coast of Africa, and. Uh, they had a coach there, Pedro Martinez, and he loved his militant robotic offense. Every day we go through 25 minutes of going through the same plays. And uh, it just, it was just so boring. And so I just remember that it came to one point where I'm sitting there in our apartment, my wife and I, and with our kids and the cleaning lady says to me, she's like, it's very strange. Oh no, no, no I'm sorry. She says it to my wife, Paige says, very strange you guys are cleaning this apartment when you're about to be cut and uh peyton's like hey pat come on into the living room and i'm like what 
So I go into the living room and she's like, can you say that again? And she repeats herself. And I'm like, holy shit. So I call my agent and I'm like, Warren, the cleaning lady's in here telling me that there must be some talk behind the scenes because she's best friends with the GM's wife. So she must have caught something at dinner and now all this is trickling out. So they didn't even know that Anna didn't even know that we knew what was going on. So anyways, long story short, we're on the 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 last leg of the, 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 the I should say the end of the first grouping of this European tournament. So we're in uh, Belgrade, Yugoslavia after a dinner and we're moving on to the next group of our, our European pool. And uh, the coach, Coach Pedro Martinez, he says, Pat, can I talk to you? And uh, so he takes me over to the side and says, I already know, Coach, I'm cut. And he's like looking at me like, huh, what, what do you mean? And he's trying to pretend like, oh, it's so innocent. And I was like, oh, well, the cleaning lady is friends with her. And, I, and she told us. And he's like, I don't know anything about this. And I said, it's okay. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to work this out anyways. And so anyways, uh, my coach, had, or, I'm sorry, Warren had actually worked out a deal already with uh, Real Madrid. So we were playing them in the next pool of the European. Wow. So I'm sitting there a week later from being cut. I'm on Real Madrid and I'm warming up against the team I was just on. And every time my guys like in Europe, you know, they, they, they do a jog around the court while, you know, the other team is on the baseline stretching. And every time my guys are jog, I'm just joking around with it. I know, of course, I know my guys on the other team more than I know this new team that I'm on. So I'm just joking around with them. And then right away, the coach like calls them all over. And he was like, don't look at him. Don't listen to his jokes. Don't talk to him. And I'm sitting there like, going, hey, guys, are you guys having a meeting without me? And they're just they kept looking over. And then my friend, uh, my friends on the team just kept looking over like, Pat, please don't do this. You're just making it worse on us. And I was like, I, I have no connection to your team anymore. I can do whatever I want to do on this side of it. So I remember the Real Madrid guys were like, looking at me like, this guy might be crazy. Which is a good thing. You do have to, they do have to, you, you want guys to think you're a little bit crazy. Yeah. You're, like, I'm like, this is me. You know, I, like I was just on this team. I'm, now I'm going to show them because I'm going to work even 10 times harder for Real Madrid now. And I'm going to show them. So we ended up beating their team moving on. Anyways, that, that year we, we go to the finals of that cup and uh, just, we had a great year. And then of course the next year I signed back and we win the Spanish championship and we win it over that first team, Vitoria in Spain, which all the fans remember that I left them, you know, in the preseason. So like they're right, to, go to, your, to go to your brother's wedding. Yeah. So yeah. their version of booing is whistling. So every time they call my name or I score a basket, they're just whistling the whole time because they hate me. Best thing to eat in Spain. Uh, I, I, I love the salads over there. They have a salad over there with white asparagus. It, I don't know. It's gotta be a seasonal thing, but it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, of course, everyone talks about the tapas. You know, those are good, but uh, I love the salad over there. How did it, how, I mean, what is life like with a siesta every day? That, we don't live that life. Oh, well, I guess with the two days, yeah. It's very time-consuming because you, uh, you, you build up anxiety if you don't get that nap in between the two practices. You know, I, I can remember what my wife sometimes would be like, hey, let's go to lunch. And I'm like, I, you know, I can't, I totally, I, I was just married when I was in Russia and we we're doing two breaks a day. And like, we're in the middle of Russia and she's like, let's go shopping. Let's go. I'm like, do you know how fucking tired I am? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's well, no way. Well, it, it makes me look back and go, wow, you know, you have to be so selfish to be a successful athlete because you have to worry 
completely about yourself, your body, your nutrition, your mental health, all of it. And, uh, you know, God bless my wife for all those years of just sitting there and like, you know, twilling her thumbs at the house while I'm taking a nap. But I was like, I can't not get this nap in because it's so demanding. You know, you're going through, you know, strength training and shooting and going through plays in the morning. And then, you know, you, you sit there and you, 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 eat as fast as you can, you know, this nutritional meal so you can get to bed, you know, in the middle of the day to sleep for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, then you're back up doing it all over again. And then you come in at night and you got ice all over your knees, any injury that you have. And you're just like, I am so depleted. And, you know, she's just sitting there like going, can we do, can we watch a movie? I'm like, yeah, if it's on that television, you know, what was, what do you remember about winning the Spanish championship? Um, First, it was being back in that gym and that coach that tried to shake my hand about leaving. So every now and then I'd look over at him and I'd just smile. Um, we won it in a way where we had a, Alberto Herreros was just a legend in the Spanish league. And I, I was getting to play with him that year, just a phenomenal three-point shooter. He made the, he, was, he already announced it was his last year. So he made the game-winning three uh, in clutch time. Um, and then, uh, just collectively, everybody just celebrating. You know, I just think that, you know, whenever it's all done and you've actually reached the goal, it was just this finality. Like, even if we didn't agree with everybody on the team, like it was just a great feel. Like Lewis Bullock was on my team. And I remember at first I was like, you know, this guy is an all out green light shooter. You could be running fast court down the floor for an open dunk and he wouldn't pass the ball. And I would just stare in the locker room, like wanting to fight him. You know, and uh, I just remember at the very end, it was like, no matter what, we did this together, you know, and, you know, good luck. God bless you for the rest of your career, you know, and that was that was kind of it. Um, how'd you make it back to playing in the States and playing for the Suns? So Warren called me and he said, hey, uh, actually, I was playing for the Irish national team, started the summer. And Warren told me, he said, hey, would you be interested in coming back to the NBA? And I was like, are you being serious? And he's like, yeah, he goes, I think I have a two-year deal for you from the Phoenix Suns. And at that time, you know, like the, the Phoenix Suns are hot. This is, you know, the, the first MVP for Steve Nash. Uh, everybody's going nuts about how fast they're playing with under D'Antoni's style. So uh, when I make it back or I'm signing the deal, I remember I get off the phone and I'm with my Irish national teammates. And I was like, I just signed a two-year deal with the Phoenix Suns. And uh, they were all like, holy shit, that is awesome. You know, like uh, that, that congratulations. They're like, how you feel right now? And I'm like, I'm, I'm a little, it's a kind of surreal because just going through the NBA the first time was an experience. But now going back, I'm like going, I'm going to handle this differently. And I was, I wanted to handle it differently, of course, with family and friends as well. Because anytime you're in that sport, like any sport, like you're playing professionally, you're telling the same stories eight times because people are calling you like, you know, Hey, what's this like? What's Mike Dayton? What's Steve Nash like? And I, the first thing I was like calling my dad to let him know. And I was like, you know, it probably hurt him at the time. But I was like, dad, I just want you to know this time. I'm just going to request that uh, there's going to be times where I just don't want to talk about it because it's just so much going over all this information. I just want to be in the moment, sharing the moment and just not having to relive it over and over and over. And he was like, no, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that, what was it like? So getting there, uh, I remember when I went into sign, I'm signing with Brian Grant, 
Brian's Brian's my closest friend from from that team. We talk a lot, but going in and signing with him was funny because uh, you know when I when I was playing with the Magic in the preseason, he and I were playing against each other. He was on the Heat. And uh, I had this move in the in the lane where I was sitting there and I was getting caught on on three seconds and the time and the shot clock was going off and I just shot a shot not even looking at the hoop it hit the glass backboard and went in and during his press conference because he was one of the big players for the Heat they were like uh, you know what do you think about the season and they were they were like starting the season off I think at the time like zero and four or some more zero and five and he's like you know when you have a, a uh, when you got a guy named Pat he's like no name or something. Like that, hitting a uh, a no look shot in the lane you know it's it's bad news and that was like in the paper and so then when i saw him when i'm signing for the suns and i, and I brought up later on, i was like i was like do you remember saying this and he was like no and we we're just laughing about it but the thing about the phoenix suns is at that time with steve leander barbosa boris it, it was uh it was it wasn't like the magic in that we all got along so good we all celebrated outside the court going to people's homes for you know whatever it was a barbecue uh, one of our kids birthdays and uh there was a there was a more of a collective you know eddie house every everybody all the guys that were on that team everybody got along and we all just wanted to do our best and it, it was pretty cool but the one thing that did hurt in the preseason is when we got there you know, the, the idea of seven seconds or less inside of a, a, an offensive uh, set, you had to be fast. You had to get down the floor as fast as you could. You had to make quick decisions. And I remember uh, Mike D'Antoni said, hey, guys, there are 14 guys on this team. I think it was 14. And he said, seven of you guys are going to play and you're on the roster, like as far as like getting in. And he goes, the other seven, you're going to think I'm a motherfucker. And we're all sitting there like, that's fine. Well, you know, we're, we're all alpha males. We're all like, yeah, I'm going to be one of those seven. And then slowly, slowly, you start to realize. You know, I'm in the other seven. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, I'm in the other seven. So we're in the MF group. So then we would sit there and we kind of just would console ourselves. We, like we, we had this play on words. We would sit there. You're either players or fans. So we said we're orphans. So we would just sit there and we were orphans. So every time a game would go on, we'd be sitting there and we'd cheer for the guys and all of that. And uh, a lot of older guys, Jimmy Jackson was there, and a lot of guys that, that they weren't accustomed to playing that role. You know, they didn't like it. So then when we go to practice, there was like 45-minute practices. Like, I'm coming from Europe, and we have two practices a day. I'm trying to tell guys about this, and they're like, what, what world are you in? So 45 minutes because, you know, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Steve, all those guys were getting their workouts during the game. They're playing the whole game. So the, the idea was, let's go in here for 45 minutes. We're going to walk through. If you got to take some shots at the end, we're out. And uh, then it became clear again that these are grown-ass men. I'll, I'll never forget, like, we're in, the, we're in the beginning of the season, and Mike's coming in for like a, you know, a 30, 45-minute practice. He goes through all the starters through a walkthrough. And Brian Grant, Brian, it, he's on like a hundred million dollar deal. He's, I think that year he's making twenty five million, coming over from uh, the Lakers. And uh, Mike has everyone go through a certain set, you know, whoever we were playing that night. And then he's like, "Okay, we good? Come on, everyone to the middle." And Brian wouldn't go to the middle. He's on the outside. He's like, "I haven't gone through the set, coach." And Mike D'Antoni's totally ignoring him. And Brian's like, "Hey, I haven't gone through the fucking. I don't know what the fuck we're doing tonight." 
and D'Antoni's like, here we go. Sun's on three. And Steve's like looking over at Brian. It's kind of like this awkward moment where he's just like, come on, Brian, come on here. He's like, no, Steve, I'm not going in there. I can't play tonight because I have no idea what the set is. And we're all sitting there going, it doesn't matter, Brian. We're not getting in. So just get your hand in this damn circle. And as we're sitting there, we do one, two, three signs. Brian's still saying something. And Mike D'Antoni's going up the staircase out of the gym. He's like, coach, I don't know the plays. I'm like, this is wild. Like, but nothing was said. It, went, it didn't turn into a Horace Grant situation. It was just one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, there are guys here that do have a case that, you know, the, the leadership space inside of this team is a little off on how it handles everybody who's not playing. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Uh, there, are, there are some that to this day say that Steve Nash didn't deserve either of those MVPs. You lived it. Uh, you had a front row seat for... For for it, what's what do you think? Uh, because I'm biased because I was there watching him and uh, you know seeing what he was doing, you know, for preparation, you know, going through every night with the wins and all that. You know, I, I think uh, again, as I'm tainted because I, I was there, was seeing what he was doing. So when he won it, I was like, well deserved. But then again, of course, who was up for to Kobe and. Ever says Kobe. I mean, yeah. Kobe, Kobe's Kobe the one that people. Kobe had a great year as well. And, uh, you know, again, as whoever, whatever they based it all on, if it, the wins or where we went, you know, I just think that it must have been a very difficult challenge. But uh, either one of the guys would have been, of course, uh, somebody that well, would have my, been. My, my contention would be, my contention would be, like, Sean Marion was a really good player. But playing with Steve Nash, he was a great player. Yeah. Right. Um, Mari Stoudemire, very good player with Steve Nash. Great player. Yeah. Um, kind of you go through and, you know, if everyone around you is having career highs, part of it is pace of play, but a lot of it is who's creating all this stuff. True. But again, I, I don't know. Like, and, you know, people always pick out Steve's defense, right? Small. And I think some of it, they look through the lens of today with a lack of ultimate playoff success. Um, and I just, I just went now, was that the year with the Spurs deal where you guys beat the Spurs and then, 
um, Amare and Diao got suspended because uh, they slammed Stephen the board. Was that was that was that your year? That, that first year? That's the no. That's the second year. So that's the year. year. Yeah. That, so that the the NBA came out with the rule: if you step over the line during any altercation, it's an automatic. You know, suspended the next game. So Robert Ory hip checks Steve into the timetable and he goes off. And then I, I remember standing up and I just look over and I see their two feet are over the line. And I'm like, holy shit. Now the only active center that hasn't played a game in about four months is me. So I'm sitting there like, this is, this is insane. You know, like most people don't even know this, but the, be- the beginning of that year, I worked so damn hard in preseason like everybody was coming up to me like great priest unbelievable we go to the first game against the lakers and mike d'antoni for some reason i don't even know why he did it like we didn't have this type of relationship he brings me over to the side he said pat can i talk to you and he said you should be starting for this team right i mean this is crazy like no one would even think i'm like looking at him like my eyebrows are like what and he looks over and he goes but i can't play you he goes there's so much money invested in these guys, you know, that, and I just said to him, well, if anybody gets injured, I'll be ready. And he's like, okay. You know, it was kind of like, we settled in, like, let's get rid of the awkwardness. I was like, look, I'm, I'm good with that. Like I'll be ready. So I'm, I'm just every, after every practice, I'm running sprints. I'm, I'm never getting in, I'm just running sprints. I'm on the treadmill. I'm just doing everything that I can. I'm in the weight room early. I'm doing all my shots, taking practice very seriously. It got to the point months and months and months. And then Steve Nash is coming down the staircase and he's seeing me doing sprints. He's like, I can't even look at you. You know, like you're never getting in, but you're never giving up. I'm like, I- I'm going to get on that floor, man. Like four months into it. I was like, I'm done. Like, I can't, this is, there's no way. So I stopped, I stopped putting any like, extra cardio in and then this happens. And then uh, the media comes up to me after we fly out of San Antonio, we're back at Phoenix and the media comes up to me and they're like, hey, uh, you know, like they never talked to me. So like, hey, uh, we're just wondering, you know, with with the ruling, with the two guys, you know, being taken out, you're the only active center. You know, what have they said to you? And I go full go everything. I said, they haven't they haven't talked to me in months. I said, I don't even say they don't even say hello to me in the locker room. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, they're like, uh, you want us to print this? I was like, my NBA career is probably over anyways. I said, that's fine. So they're like, okay. So like, what do you, like, who do you think is a better coach? And I said, how many championships does Popovich have? How many, how much rotation does Popovich put in with less injury under 10 or 11 guys rotation than Mike D'Antoni every year, seven man rotation and all our guys are sitting there with back injuries and knees. And they're like, you want us to print this? And I was like, I'm fine with it. So I start telling them all of this and they print it. And the next day, Warren calls me. He's like, are you trying to get kicked out of the league? And I was like, what does it matter? You know, cause he's just sitting there. He's like, why would you say this? And I'm like, it's the truth. You know, it's the, it's the truth of what's going on. And so then I remember like people were like giving a little hate, like, who is this guy? This guy doesn't even play. I'm like, it's not even about playing. The question was about coaching and an understanding of like, are you communicating as a leader? And I, I know that D'Antoni is a different coach now. It's just in that moment in, in 06, 07, you know, I don't think that he had those experiences of feedback because most people don't want to talk about it. But I'm like, you know, it's bullshit. You know, your seven-man rotation and seven-second offense is only getting you so far, and you have to start thinking differently to actually get to the next level. So what's it like now to look back on game six 
Uh, that, that's not the, is that, see, the last one that we played. So I get in for about, I don't know, maybe a minute. Because I, I, I remember it was, you guys took the lead three games to two. Yeah. And then they got suspended. And then, so you played a ton in game six. And then I think you guys lost in game seven. You lost six and seven, I think. Yeah. Kurt, so Kurt Thomas started playing more of that center role, getting beefed up minutes. But uh, I had a lingering arm injury that I couldn't even raise my arm like over my head. And so I, I went in for a little while. There's like this photo. It, it, it perfectly captivates. There's like a rebound. I'm sitting there and I couldn't even pick my arm up. The ball's on the ground. And uh, Tony Parker and myself are like in a scrum trying to get to it. And, and like, that was it. It was like, I, the horn goes off and I get subbed out. And I was like, I can't even help the team. So, yeah. So I just looking back, you know, we were so close, but then you also look at, uh, what's his name? The, the referee that was placing wages on, uh, yeah. So he was, that was one of the games. Cause I remember our coaching staff was just going nuts at all the calls that he was calling, you know, like in the first half, like it was just like, there's something going on. That's insane. Yeah. Season's over. Then what? Uh, so then I, I come back, my wife and I were expecting our third child. And, uh, I get a call from, um, golden state warriors and they were like hey we'd, we'd like for you to come out and try out for the team i'm like great so i go out and uh i do their preseason in hawaii and something just doesn't feel right in my body i'm like I, I know i know when i feel good and i don't and there was something going on and uh so then don nelson calls me like the last day before i'm cut he brings me outside with a big cigar in the practice facility we're back in golden state now and he's like burke i like you he goes, but uh, how do you think? Uh, how do you think it's going? And I was like, well, I haven't done shit. I look like shit, and I feel like shit. And he's like, yep, yeah, that's about the way I see it. And I'm <laughs> like, all right. And he goes, uh, so what do you want to do? Do you want to stay with us for the preseason, or do you want to? And I said, you know, I think I want to go see my doctors in uh, in Phoenix. And he's like, okay, we'll have that done. He goes, hey, I really enjoyed you being here. I said, coach, thank you so much for the opportunity. And just something was like, there was this heaviness in my gut. And so anyways, I go in there and I have an appendectomy done. Uh, and then also I have a, my gallbladder removed within a month. And I'm like, man, my systems are just failing right now. So then I, I call Warren. I said, hey, I'm going to take some time off. Uh, you know, our baby's going to, is due in early October. So I wait. And then after our daughter Harper's born, I call him up and I said, okay, you know, put my name out there. And then on Thanksgiving day, I'm on a plane flying to Russia to go play for Kimki. What was your experience like landing in Russia? Oh my God. This I'm telling you, it is the wildest thing. So I, I fly over and I make the, I make the, the worst decision of wearing jeans and like dress shoes. I get there. And they're like, okay, we got to go through the, your medical tests. And I'm like, can I go by the hotel and change? They're like, no, you're fine. So I'm like, all right. And it, and it was like some crazy, like 18-hour travel, you know, like two or three flights. So when I get in there, there's like this triangular box thing. And, and this, there's this big, this big Russian woman, and she's, uh, she's trying to get me to do some sort of lung capacity test. And she's just like barking Russian at me like, thank you too much. I'm like breathing inside this big box. 
So then they put me over and they hook me up with the heart monitors, get me on a treadmill and I'm running in like penny loafers and jeans with no shirt on. And then finally, when I'm done with that, I'm like, all right, can I go to the hotel? They're like, yeah, we're going to drop off your bags. We've got an away game we're going to. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I get to the away game and one of my teammates, uh, Antonio Fotsis from Greece, he's on the team as well. So I get over there, or I'm sorry, he's playing on the other team. So I, I say hello to him and this and the other, and then they give me my uniform. And they're like, we're going to have you suit up tonight. And I'm like, I'm going on no sleep, no food. I just was on a treadmill. So anyways, I, I go out there and I'm warming up with the guys. And uh, I don't play, but every time they call it timeout, I'm just sitting there. I can't keep my eyes open. And uh, I can see like all the other Russian guys like looking over and laughing. They're like, this guy is like so tired. So anyways, we ended up, uh, whatever the conclusion of the game was at the very end, they're like, we're going to bring you back to your hotel. I think I slept for like a day and a half. And then I wake up and then, of course, I go through all the, the, the introduction to the Russian league. I, I, I'll, give, I'll give you mine. So I was, this was uh, 2001, in January 2001. So I was playing like in the IBA in Salina, Kansas. And um, I got to go home to Oklahoma to get my stuff. I go to New York to get a, um, a visa. So like I land in New York and I have to go to the Russian consulate, get my visa. Then I fly out from New York. I remember this is like, I don't think I had a cell phone at the time. This is like 2001, right? Might I don't think I had one. <clears throat> so all I knew was that like we will, they'll like my email from my agent was like, they'll get you at the airport in Moscow and take you to the other airport where you fly to Perm, Russia. Yeah. All right. So I land in Moscow and, you know, again, like you fly 13 hours and you're just, I don't know where I am. And I remember having this gigantic basketball, like two big Nike bags of stuff. And I don't know what I'm looking for. And I saw a Russian writing and a basketball. And I was like, I hope that's my guy, yeah. you know, and the feeling of, of, of being so tired. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Sheremetyevo is the big airport. I right? saw so you land in Sheremetyevo and then you kind of go through Moscow and then you go to one of the satellite airports to fly. And I remember like in and out of consciousness, he takes me to like, he's like, you want to eat? So we, I was like, yeah. So we go into some, it's like smoke filled. They're drinking tea and he just orders something. It's terrible. Yeah. But the, the in and out of, I, I felt like I was like a drugged American spy. Because I remember like bits and pieces of driving by Red Square. And I just felt like if he took me into the middle of nowhere, killed me, took my shoes, nobody's going to know. Yeah. Right. Then he takes me to another airport and he gives me a ticket. And all I knew was it had a number on it. And I thought that was the gate. And so I'm just like holding up to people when they pointed to me. Right. Like no direction. Yeah. And then I landed in Perm. And now it's like 530 in the morning. And there's like ice knee high. You know, when we get off the plane and I was like, oh, my God. And just like you, I land at 530. There, there was a interpreter and she's like, they will pick you up at nine for practice. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, what? Like, and then the team was on the road. So when I got there, I had two a days by myself, an assistant coach in a gym. Yeah. And like, I remember, I'll never forget this. And I do this drill with kids today. 
where they're like, he was like, you must make, he was Lithuanian. And then, you know, they're fucking crazy. Yeah. Right. So he's like, you must make 25 threes. So I'm standing out by three point line. I shoot three and I make it. And it's like, doof, 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 doof. I was like, yo man, you got to throw it back. No, this is yeah. conditioning. Like you had to make it three run back. And then he's like timing you to see how long it takes. Then you do a full court. I was like, this is a different yeah. world, a yeah. different world. Um, what was, uh, was there anything you liked about food in Russia? Anything you took away that? No, no, no. Uh, did you have the, a driver? Or did you drive your own car? They gave me a driver. a driver, Sasha. I had a driver. I love the driver thing. Yeah, he's great. Uh, there was a, they didn't want any of us getting into any type of, uh, accident. Cause what they would do is they know you're an American. So they would crash into your car and shake you down for money. I don't know if you know the story. R Rusty LaRue was in Moscow when I was there. Yeah. And in Moscow, they have that middle line, middle lane. And you have like a blue light you can get in your car and drive down that middle lane. And it's like government officials and mafia guys and whatever. And he kept getting pulled over. And so he's like, he was, he kept, he said to the guys like on the team, he's like, yo, man, like, how do I not get pulled over? They're like, baseball hat. It's like, what? They're like, you know, don't wear a baseball hat. It's like, why? Like, because they know you're not Russian. You yeah. wear, No, we don't wear baseball. You ever see a baseball hat? Like, yeah. oh, they just pull a guy over because a baseball hat. But yeah, my driver was, our driver was like our best friend. O Oleg was our, was our driver. Yeah, they, they just didn't want us to get into trouble with the police. Or, and we had a number of like, you know, we'd get stopped heading to practice. And then Sasha would get in after talking to him. He's like, uh, and he's doing this. And I'm like, what? And he's like uh, 50, 50, uh, whatever, ruble or euro, whatever, like 50 bucks. And I'm like, for what? And he's like, so I hand it to him. And that must have happened a dozen times. No question. You you played one more year after that, right? Yeah, I played in uh, Poland, a Seiko Procom. That's when the old, you know it's like you're just going down. And so at that point, that was uh, it was like a paradigm shift. I always felt like I was like the youngest guy. I always felt like I was at that Victoria moment. Like, you know, you're 21, you're the youngest guy in the room or one of the youngest. At that point, man, we had so many Americans on our team and it was just a different generation. These guys were coming in, they're talking about what they wanted in life. And, you know, if I, if I had a conversation with them, sometimes I just felt like, uh, you know, whatever I was speaking about the world was misunderstood. So I, I just knew like, yeah, I'm getting to that point where, you know, I'm not jumping the same. I don't even have butterflies playing any, like before games anymore. So I'm like, let me just get my 10 rebounds. Let me get 10 points and just do great relationship with my coach. He was a Lithuanian guy was phenomenal. He's he was, was his name? Uh, uh, Pasekis. So he, he played for the Lithuanian team. I played against him earlier in my career and uh, he talked to my agent, like he liked the way I played. So I came in, and he would just, he'd sit there and he'd try to challenge me all the time in front of the guys. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't used to that, but I, I always played back to him. So he'd be like, Pat, uh, this is bullshit. I, you know, I know everybody in town. He's like, I, I, I know you didn't leave this club last night till 1 a.m. And all the young guys would be looking in the huddle like, oh my gosh, he just got caught. I'd be like, coach, that's bullshit. I didn't leave that club till three. <laughs> and he'd give me the eyes, right? And he'd be like, dude. You know, he's like, we're going to talk. I said, okay. 
And then like when we we go to places and, you know, you're warming up, you're doing high knees, you know, full court. And I'd be going by him at half court. And he'd be like, Pat, uh, do you think you're crazier than me? And I go, I don't know. And I go, I go down the other end and I come back towards him. Oh, my him. God. Wait, you played for Thomas Pacekas? Yeah. Dude, he was the other point guard when I was in Russia. Oh, really? He's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I loved him. Great dude, but fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah. So he would, but he would say to me, like, you know, do you think you're crazy? And then I go back to the other side of the court, come back, and I go, I don't know how crazy I am. So he would just sit there and he would be nodding all the time. And then, like, I remember my family would come over. It came over once for Christmas and my stats started to drop. And he's like, uh, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. I, he's like, I think your family needs to leave. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But uh, yeah, he's, he uh he's out i think he's out of coaching now but uh, he was a lot of fun at the at the end of the year he he wanted me to come back and i was like uh 12 years i think i'm done i said i, I just don't know if i could do this again you know it's funny he um he uh we used to have sundays were supposed to be off right sundays were our off day and everybody would go down to the gym and like hey come come Gottlieb, come 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 shoot Come shoot, we get shots, we, we, we go, we lift, we go to sauna, sauna, right? Yeah. And like everything these dudes did was at a level way above what was called for, right? And now I was splitting time, even as an American in Russia, and with, with him, and he was a good fucking player. We were stacked. We run the, won the Russian League, won the, won the championship in the tournament as well, won our European League. We won, we won every, all but one game, and the only reason we didn't win that one game was because none of the other vets played, and I played with the young guys against Seska. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Anyway, but we used to go, and um, one of the assistants was like a famous Baldus Komichas. He had played on the 92 Russian team, but he's Lithuanian, obviously. He's a fan. So he was an assistant, and we had three other Lithuanians. Pachekas was one of them on the team. And so you had the four Lithuanians. They were fucking nuts. So you go in on like a Sunday, you're like, all right, I'm going to get a quick lift. I'm going to get some shots up. I'm going to get to the sauna. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Right? So you go in like, you like lift, like, go to leave. Come, come, we shoot. So the shooting would be like a competition, which is cool because you get them up in a hurry or whatever. Yeah. But then the competition would be like, let's play one-on-one. -on -one. Let's play two on Let's five on five. Let's just a couple games. And like, we're playing for like four hours. And I love playing, but like, and I love playing basketball. And I was frustrated as shit at like, like how we did it in Russia was we had like a third point guard and we get up 20 points and like this dude is playing. We're like, what the fuck? But it's because they wanted to play the Russians. Right. And I'm yeah. trying to put up stats. And so you get done and you're like, fuck, I just, this is my day off. I just played four hours of basketball. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to get sauna. I'm gonna, no, I was like, I didn't want to do sauna. Like, no, no, come, come. We all do it together. Team bonding. We go do it. We go like, Oh, okay. So I go in there and, and I don't know if you did this in Poland or in Russia, sauna, right? Then you jump in the cold plunge. Yeah. Then you go sauna, and then you jump in the cold plunge. It feels good. Then they start pouring honey. They put honey on themselves, oh. like just some kind of honey. And you're like, all right, whatever. And uh, uh, and then like you get out of the scene like the third time, and now like the vodka starts. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> and then and then so you have a cold vodka, and then the and then I was just married. And then like all, then the hookers come in at the end. They're like, yo, I'm out. I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. Because my, uh, my wife went at the time. We, we were just married. And she would like come sometimes and come work out. 
at the gym when I, I was like, no, 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 I got to get the fuck out of here. This is going to get really yeah. bad. In a hurry. Yeah. Those guys, everything they did, they did extra. Like I can't, I don't yeah. know where that, that wellspring of energy comes from. And I was a pretty energetic dude. Uh, they, they had at the end of the Russian season, they got us all together for a, some, some place in the mountains. It was a cabin and they're like, you're really going to like this, this hot tub place. So I go into the world's hottest room. There's 14 of us in there. And there's one old guy in there. He practically lives in there. I'm like, how the, I, you can only stand there for like three minutes. And you got to come out and get a breath because it's like, I've never been in a room this hot in my life. This old guy's got a wool hat on. Yes. And then uh, he's he's got a some sort of like olive branch or something. So like, yeah, they like beat the shit out. They beat they you with beat it. the crap out. They open up your pores. And I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, this is incredible. And then when you go outside next out to this snowy mountain, like beautiful landscape, there's this huge barrel with a rope. You pull it down, and ice cold water hits you. But uh, it was a great experience. But the yeah. same thing. But right at the end, they're all like, "Hey, uh, we gonna get vodka?" And I'm like, "No." I'm not getting vodka. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I'm actually trying to feel better tomorrow. Yeah. Not, feel, not feel worse. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Uh, last thing, okay? So USA Basketball, as you pointed out, early 2000s, we've been through this before, right? Where they were kind of a mess. Yeah. Lost the world championships in Indy, right? Kind of in a similar situation. And the answer this time is, well, LeBron's just going to get all the guys back. And that it may work, but it might not, right? Because it's just such a different style of the sport. The officiating's different. The, the, I mean, the officiating, the style, the rules, it's all different. So if I put Pat Burke, who is a great player in FIBA-style basketball, in charge of comprising a roster of American-born players, how would you build it? Um, I, th I think a lot of times in businesses, you look for a copy and paste. You're saying what's working. Like we, you know, we talked about the Yugoslavian, uh, coaching style was very hot in 2000. The, the one of the biggest things, and again, is this is not to get too far and too deep into this. I just got back from Ireland. And one of the things I recognized when I was watching Irish athletes playing basketball is there's no, um, you don't have to coach them on energy. You don't have to coach them on sportsmanship. Uh, they're they're listening to everything. They're not yelling back at refs. 
And I started to think like, what the hell is creating this? What's the variable? Because I, you know, I just came out of an AAU tournament in the States and there's parents yelling at kids. They're yelling at the refs. The coach is like completely absent to the idea that it's their platform that's creating any type of transformation. Here's my kids in the beginning of the season and here's the end. It's not the kids to actually say it's they're not listening. It's your space to bring them over. Like if you look at a nonprofit organization, they have to go through metrics to get any type of grant to say, how is your program creating transformation? And it has nothing to do with the the kids. It's always the actual content of anything that you're doing to bring them through that. So long-winded on that. The first thing I'm doing is I want to research what what is it inside of every one of these teams, the Lithuanian team or any of the teams that have had success here in this last world uh, basketball tournament and to say, what, what, what are those variables? Because what, what we're looking at is the United States is a factory and it creates, and, and one of the litmus tests is looking at our youth and what they're going through and saying, this is what we're producing. You know, a number of years ago, now, a large number of European kids were being drafted in the first round. And we're sitting there like going, oh, that can't be. And I'm going, we're not producing the same people because we're not the same people today that we were 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So when I, if I was to go in and start building a team, I think there's more psychology that needs to be put into this idea and understanding that it's the people that have come from nothing it's the people that uh, have a, a work mentality that's not questioned or, or unwavering that you start to build it with. Because I think when Krzyzewski and uh, Colangelo got together and they started to build the team, I think the first person they built it from was, was somebody that wasn't a superstar. It was like, who can we build around this person? I can't remember who that was. It's like Shane Battier or something. It was like that, it was like that type of person. And I think that just saying LeBron or someone, you, you put, you put, 15 alpha males into a room th there's there's someone there that's got to do the dirty work there's someone there that's got to and sometimes i think there's just too much ego and i think a lot of the I, I, I think there totally is and i think it's interesting you bring up business right this is the hey we were we did we you know ford and the what is it called the the assembly line right like we invented all of that technology yeah right and then who makes better cars, right? Japan and Germany, and maybe even South Korea now make better cars because there's yeah. more attention to detail. I, I like to, I have a friend who's a, who's a car dealer and he said, and I used to buy Acuras all the time. And he was like, only buy an Acura that's made in Japan. And I said, why? He said, you know, if you go to a car dealership, or you go to a, a, a auto factory in Japan, did you know they have no custodial service? I was like, really? He's like, no, you clean up your own space. So you go to the exact same company, an Acura dealership in, I think, South Carolina, they have custodial service. And yeah. here's the difference. Everybody's stationed in Japan, spotless. spotless. Everybody's stationed in, in, in South Carolina, fucking mess, right? Yeah. Or really dependent upon the guy. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a care for the company, for the culture, a respect for your work. And I think, in all honesty, like, look, we teach basketball the wrong way. You know, if you watch any of these workout videos, it's all off the dribble, one on cone, right? Yeah. And they have figured out really through a lot of our coaches coming over there that that's not actually the most effective way. And they're at an athletic disadvantage, but they found a way to create an advantage with 
skill, shooting, passing, toughness, tactics, right? Attacking the weaknesses. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see, like, it ain't crazy to think we can send LeBron and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry over there and they still get beat in 24. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think that uh, whenever we started, you know, if you look at, you know, we're going over this idea of leadership and communication. When we go to a playground, is it easier to meet everybody on your team and ask them what their strengths are and weaknesses and then start playing? Or is it easier to get the ball and go one on five, which what we do? Because nobody ever actually goes into like, what are more effective ways to actually build something that where we can all collectively come together? And that's where I think that we're missing something. There, there's a convenience in just picking something randomly and saying, oh, this is the best. We can do this. It's not going to work. Like there, how many conversations had to occur and how much family culture in the community must have had those, those, those people in Japan that they are cleaning their area like they're not they're not sitting there being told what to do and being like you better do this it's like there is a pride there and i don't know what what the the difference is but we're not the same inside of our our cultures and our community anymore like i did a lot of nonprofit work in in my town and it was eye-opening it was eye-opening to see how many people are looking to and it, there's nothing wrong with this like i think that you have to be able to sustain yourself before you can actually help others but how many people have no understanding that they're financially okay? Like there are people that are doing so bad. You're not in a bad state. You sh- what you, you really, re- really need to recognize is if you go to a third world country, you'll see how bad others have it. Yeah. But but if, if we go back to, again, the copy and paste model, I'm going to Lithuania and I'm going to all these other countries. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, let's let's get a couple of them. Because, you know, years ago, I think in Ireland, when when they were looking to break through in boxing, at that time, I think it was uh, Cuba or some, but some some other country had this great methodology for training. And Ireland knew that, again, is how do we think of a color we've never thought of before? It's impossible. So they go and they got someone else, and it's just an open-minded approach. And I think that America's become so close-minded that we're like going, no, I can't do this, can't do this. I mean, look at even, I know I'm jumping around, but even when you look back to when those, I think it's like 24 24 uh 24 draft picks in the first round were international players the the forums and uh, all the 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 places on social media started complaining about well this is america we we don't we should be taking care of our guys like this is bullshit it's like what are you talking about we don't own nobody owns the sport of basketball and if someone's doing it at a level that's so good, are you so close-minded? Like, it's, or do you think that, that America is the best? Because they're showing us now that there's so much other things that you can develop that we're only focusing, like you said, we, we go to a cone, we're doing uh, ball handling stuff, and we think that we're, 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 we're getting ahead. I mean, my, my whole thing is when I started at 16, I knew that I was not going to actually become a huge scorer. I was like, there are other positions to do and other roles to take on. And if I can do them well, there's a job for me. And that's what I You made a great, great, a great life for yourself. Um, the most important goal you want to accomplish in the next 10 years? Um, I, I'd say continuing on Isaiah Thomas's quote is, uh, if people only know me for basketball, then I've failed at life. And so, uh, as I move forward into other things, like I want people to know that, you know, it's like I move with my spirit first of like wanting to help people, wanting to help youth, 
uh, and continuing to do that so that I'm modeling that for my kids to see and my wife. Um, you know, I just, I really enjoy the sport of basketball, but I think that, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, I, I'm all about basketball. Our life is more important. But I think that there is a way of acting that out. And I look to do that as much as I can all the time. Pat, man, you've been amazing with your time and the stories are incredible. And uh, I want to have like, let's have another conversation here in a couple months when basketball season kicks off because your perspective is so unique because you've lived it, you've experienced it, you understand it on a level that so few can. And the ones that have experienced it, not all can articulate it in the way that you can. So uh, I, I really, really appreciate your time. This has been awesome. I, I appreciate it as well. I've been, I've been a fan from afar. And I, I remember when I was in college, I remember hearing your name and I remember watching you. So it's just really cool to finally meet you and have this conversation. I look forward to the next one. Yeah, I was in uh, I was in Israel and I was watching you play in Greece and we'd watch uh, we'd watch EuroLeague. We were in the Korach Cup and we watch EuroLeague and we watch you play. And I was like, dude, that's Pat Burke. Like, yeah, he's these and like the guys in Israel were like, oh, he's best, best sender. We need to get him for Maccabi Tel Aviv. He's the best. He's the best. That's how they talk. You know how they talk. <laughs> he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. He does he does he does the good stuff. The good stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Well, it's funny, and I'm telling you, and that's the last point too. I won't get too long, but it's funny when Europeans recognize when people are doing stuff off the ball, because everybody can do something on the ball, but they're just like, "Hey, this guy puts in the work on other areas, and that's what we need." Wow, that was amazing. If you if you missed any part one, part two, of course, you can go look in all ball and amazing storytelling, and a guy who's just so well rounded, and. I thought you got an honest perspective of the things he did right, the things he did wrong, the people who he thought wronged him, and the people who he now is like, you know what? I was probably wrong in that one. Right? A lot of self-reflection. And just an interesting and very successful man who has his own opinions on so many different topics. Thanks so much for listening. A reminder of the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 5 Eastern time. There's the In the Bonus podcast, which follows it. Uh, that's on the iHeartRadio app or Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com. Reminder, uh, don't forget to review this thing. Don't forget to subscribe, rate. And if you want to send it to a friend or tweet it out because you love some of this content, feel free to do so. We, we will never dissuade you from telling a friend about All Ball. Right, thanks to Pat Burp. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 